when you come out of a hard season, you understand like the fragility of life and time and how precious those two things are. And so I really wanted to pull back the curtain on this whole grief journey and really just be like an advocate and a person saying like, hey, I'm only a few steps ahead of you. But like, you can do this because if I can do this, then you can do this too. Like, let's journey um, to this next level together. Hey, Beam Babe, welcome to the Beam Life Podcast, where we are all about honoring your truth, prioritizing your passions, and unlocking your potential. Let's go. I'm your host, Caitlin, and it's my calling in life to create this community of like-minded, kick-ass women ready to make moves and live a life they are obsessed with. So if you're ready to be everything and more, babe, let's get this party started. Jerrica, what is up, girl? How are you? I'm so happy to have you on the Beam Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm doing great. So, so awesome. This has been a long time coming. We connected on Instagram a while ago and then, you know, following each other's journeys. So it only felt right to sum it up and have you on the podcast. Um, Tell us a little bit, you know, the listeners, who you are and what you got going on right now. All right. So my name is Jerrica and I am known as the woman that talks about the heavy seasons of life, infertility, (laughs) grief, loss in a high vibe way, right? I think that's how I like originally introduced myself to you way back when. Um, So I'm the host of Grit and Gratitude, the podcast, and I am a self-published author. I have um, a book called 20 Gifts of Gratitude on Amazon, and I'm now calling myself a grief empowerment coach, which I'm sure we'll get into that. But um, that's who I am in a nutshell. I love that. And what you do is so needed, especially, like you said, those really hard seasons. Um, You know, I've been through many of those and, and grief looks different, as you know, to all of us individually. But that deep sorrow, that deep emptiness, um, I feel like is similar among what grief feels like. Right. And so having someone that can be a light during that time is so important. So I love what you do. And I would like, tell us like, what is grief empowerment coach? Because grief and empowerment are not words that typically go together. So right. People are always like, what are you talking about? And so um, (laughs) really kind of like how I explain this is like you said, um, you know, grief looks different for everyone. And I said this on other podcast um, interviews before, but like, our trauma can be different, but the process, the journey is the same. And so Grief, however you define that, whether that's, you know, an actual loss of a person or a loss of a job, a loss of a relationship, um, whatever that grief looks like to you, a loss of, you know, your old life before becoming a wife or a mom, or, you know, we talk about grief in so many different capacities. And where I come in is I like to say, you know, when you're in the thick of it, 
go to therapy. I am not a therapist. Mm. I am such a huge advocate of therapy, like when you're in the thick of it, right? But as the shock starts to wear off and the fog starts to lift and you find yourself kind of like, okay, now what? Because life doesn't look anything like it did prior to this hard season and you're like kind of lost that's where I come in. So like, I know you do like empowerment coaching and that type of thing, but really I'm coming at it from a, you, you've exited out of this really hard, heavy season. And now we're going to take that particular like season and propel you forward because I am a huge advocate that you can grieve and you can still want to be the best version of yourself. You can still go after the life that you want, the life that you love and the life that you deserve. And so that to me really is what grief empowerment coaching is, is kind of coming out of that season and then providing you like a blueprint or a a roadmap to your next level. Oh, I love that. Love that. And what a unique take on where people are at in their grief journey, right? Because I so, I so resonate with that where even when things are hard is wanting to still see and experience joy and hope and growth yes, and not let this be like the determining factor in my life. Right. Um, how did you kind of fall into this? Was it something that you were like, I need this in my life and you created it or yeah. How did, how did this come about? So this really came all out to be, I just was telling someone the story on the phone, but how this really, um, started for me was, you know, I, um, had, I was pregnant during the pandemic in 2020, I was pregnant with twins and, you know, the pandemic was crazy for everyone. Um, and then to be pregnant during that and not really know what was happening. And this was my first pregnancy and first pregnancy after five years of infertility treatments. And so there was just Mm. all of this stuff happening. And, um, then I had, you know, twin boys and 16 days later, one of my sons, Grayson passed away unexpectedly. And, um, so all of that was kind of like thrown at me at once. So you're, if you're listening to this and you're a mom, you know that postpartum journey, and then you Mm. add in this enormous amount of grief. And then also I still was trying to care for a newborn, right? So I was completely overwhelmed and I was struggling to find anything, anyone that would share in real time what that grief journey looked like. Everything that I could find was like, this is what I did 10 years ago. This is where I'm at five years later. This is me on the other side of that. But what I was really looking for was someone that shared in the thick of it, like your feelings are validated. Like this is a mess. It's a complete cluster. And this is how you navigate this, or this is what it looked like for me. And I didn't really see that. Um, So as I, you know, journeyed and did my own healing and that kind of thing over the last 19 months, I really coming into 2022 was like, okay, 
the shock has initially worn off, right? And so like now, how do I move forward from this? Because that immediate loss was no more, right? I was up just about a year out. And I had someone online, which I think it was supposed to be like a dig at me, but they basically said, you know, why would anyone want to follow you? All you do is talk about grief. And so I had to sit with that statement for a while, for weeks, because, you know, initially Mm. I was like pissed. (laughs) And then I kind of like was like, okay, let me let me dive deep into this internally. And yes, I talk about grief because I didn't see anyone talking about it, sharing about it in real time. But then also, as I started to emerge out of that, I didn't really see anyone talking about that next step either. And so that's really where like the grief empowerment came from. I've been, um, you know, in this empowerment space for six going on seven years now. And, you know, I created an online community and a in-person community of hundreds of women. And, you know, we were coming together, raising funds for all kinds of things. And so I've been in this space for a while, but, you know, there's nothing like a good pivot, right? And so as I, as my life changed, my, you know, my purpose changed, everything changed when my son died and things that were super trivial before mean absolutely nothing now, you know, and just you, when you come out of a hard season, you understand like the fragility of life and time and Mm -hmm. how precious those two things are. And so I really wanted to pull back the curtain on this whole grief journey and really just be like an advocate and a person saying like, Hey, I'm only a few steps ahead of you, but like you can do this because if I can do this, then you can do this too. Like let's journey um, to this next level together. Thank you so much for being so honest and open and sharing that because I, it makes so much sense that you wouldn't be able to find someone in real time. And, and I really resonate with that a lot too, which was very much how the beam life was created as well, because I was going through this morning of my previous life of going through this divorce and what does this all mean? And I also couldn't find anyone, but there's also a reason for that, I think, is that we also are doing our own grieving, right? And yes. our own processing. Yes. So it's really hard where I was like, okay, when I went into this, I was like, I'm not going to start this as a coaching business. I literally started my podcast so I could have a verbal diary. You right. know, I was like, I just, I need to get this out of my body. And then people started to be like, oh my God, I need this message right now, or I so connect with this, or I'm in a same phase. So I so get that where why somebody wouldn't be doing this in real time, but also the power of doing it in real time. It's like such a juxtaposition there. Yeah. And, you know, I really, you know, I shared my entire infertility journey online for like that same reason. I just needed a place to kind of like get it out and then let it go. And I 
shared my grief journey in real time on social media as well. And total spoiler alert, but I actually have a new book coming out very soon. And it's going to be basically, it is like my journal like my actual journal entries from this time. Um, And so even though it's not quote unquote in real time, it is because as you are reading it, you're reading the story unfold in real time. And so, you know, that saying, like, if you can't find what you need, create it. And I thought that this was, you know, going to be a really great kind of segue from my first book and just to have that as something, you know, cause like I said, I couldn't find it. So if it's out there, I did not see it. And I looked, um, so I just wanted to be able to provide something for women coming behind me because unfortunately we know that grief is, is a normal part of life as well. And so now, you know, we will have that, that book as a resource to say, you know, maybe I don't, understand. And maybe, you know, if you're listening to this, you haven't been through something like that yet, but you have a friend or a family member that has, and you're struggling trying to figure out how to support them. This book is going to be that thing that you can say, like, here, read this. Like, I, this is what I can do for you. So I'm really excited to get that out into the world. But yeah, so um, I haven't really announced that. So there you go. I love it. I love it. You heard it here first, right? Yeah. All the deets on the big line today. (laughs) So good. So we've talked a lot about, about grief and, you know, what it's, how it's shown up in your life and a little bit in my life. And, you know, I know that's, you know, just the ice tip of the iceberg, but tell us a little bit about like, it can be really hard to sort of get back into that normal life. And if you're listening, I'm using air quotes. Um, normal is so subjective, but to get back to your previous life, what are some first steps as, you know, of course, obviously we've talked about therapy and that is such a great major first step, but I'm talking about coming out of shock, right? Beyond that first level, that first wave, what are some things that women listening can do to start that kind of empowerment portion of it. Yeah. You know, um, I, when you and I had chatted before we hit record, I told you that gratitude had saved my life and, um, gratitude truly saved my life. And, you know, I started my gratitude practice. I want to say back in like 2015, 2016, when it was like all the hype, right? If you have been in the personal development space for any length of time, um, you know the time that I'm talking about. It's kind of like bell bottoms coming back. It was like this wave of everybody was doing this this new thing and everybody was doing it. And so I jumped on the bag the bandwagon, why not? Um, and you know, when I started my gratitude practice, we had gone through like a couple of failed rounds of, um, infertility treatments. And right around that time, um, you'll remember that we also got a new president here in the United States and my husband is retired military. And so what happened with that new presidency was we lost a lot of our military benefits. This is the stuff nobody Mm. talks about. Right. So, um, a lot of stuff that was covered, um, under retirement military 
had gone away. And one of those things was uh, fertility treatments. And so we were paying for this stuff out of pocket. And, mm. you know, you hear the horror stories, but until you get a bill that's like $40,000 and you're like, how am I supposed to pay this? Like, it is insane the money that it costs to do these things. And I was really naive going into that. You know, I went into fertility treatments thinking like, okay, you pay this astronomical amount of money and like you're guaranteed a, a baby. I had no idea mm. that that's not how it worked. Um, so when we started, you know, putting, you know, writing checks for five and $10,000 and then, you know, to have them call you two weeks later and be like, oh, sorry, it didn't work. And you're like, what? Like now what? And they're like, give us another $10,000 and we try again. And I'm like, whoa, we didn't, I did not know all of this when we signed up for that. And so we had made the decision to kind of put a halt to that because, I mean, I don't know about you or your listeners, but I don't have tens of thousands of dollars just laying around to kind of gamble with. I mean, it's really no different than going to Vegas and putting it on a table, right? I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. So my husband was like, listen, like this, we can't keep doing this. And and I understood that. And so it was a really, at that point, rock bottom for me, right? And so then I found myself kind of in this personal development space and had taken on the challenge of writing down three things every day that I was grateful for. And Caitlin, I kid you not, the first day I couldn't come up with three things. Like mm. it was terrible. And I just remember like sitting there, like beating my pen on my notepad, like at my desk, like, why can I not think of something? And when I finally was able to come up with three things, I used those same three things every day for like six months because I just was like, I don't, I can't do this. Like it was so hard for me to find something to be grateful for every single day. And so then that became like my mission. Like, no, I'm going to figure this out. And as I started that gratitude journey, I just was sharing on social media and inviting other women to kind of take that journey with me because it's hard work. And I was like, you know, in that space of, am I ever going to get to be able to be a mom? Which I didn't really know if I wanted to, but it was just the idea that someone was telling me it wasn't possible for me. That was really hard for me to like sit with because it wasn't, mm. it was no longer my choice. So it was just like, nope, you just can't do that. And I don't like people telling me what to do. So I just was very, you know, like, no, we You're are going to figure babe. this. Yeah. Like we are going to figure this out. And I was getting ready to turn 30 that year. And so my journey really started January and my birthday is in June. And by my 30th birthday, I didn't recognize myself. Like I had changed so much. And I could only attribute that to this gratitude practice that I had picked up from somewhere online. And that really kind of became the foundation of everything that I have done since that point is gratitude. Mm. So gratitude has totally changed my life. It has saved my life numerous times. And even when, you know, in the thick of like the shock and the initial stages of grief, 
I knew enough to, to know that like, you got to write something down. So it was obviously not as consistent as I had been um, in previous seasons of my life, but I tried really hard on a regular basis to pull out that notebook and to find something. So, you know, the first time my son Jack smiled, that was my gratitude for the day. If we made it to dinner time, right? I was like, okay, praise be, we made it. We made it through another day. Like my husband (laughs) is going to be here in like 10 seconds. We made it like, and that really was what it was. And um, so I would say a gratitude practice for sure. If you don't already have one, start one and just start with three things that you're grateful for. Um, and then I would absolutely encourage you to do that in a journal. I still have all of my paper journals from like back five, six years ago, and it is so refreshing to see how far I've come as a person and how far my gratitude practice has come on this journey. And so, and it's very therapeutic too. So as I obviously was writing this second book, I was pulling out some of those journals and just like, wow, like to see like, holy shit, I did not think I was going to make it through this day. And like, here I am 19 months later, you know, and we're doing it like we're doing yeah. it. And so it's just it's so empowering to write it down and just look at it at a different time. Um, so I would definitely say that. And I would also say, um, you know, mantras and affirmations are really great. Um, they're really, really good. And they helped me a lot. They helped me a lot. And as I was struggling to make it, you know, hour by hour, minute by minute, sometimes, you know, I would lean into some of these mantras um, and these affirmations from previous thriving seasons that I had. And they really kind of, you know, became like my battle cry. And I'll just Mm. give you one that truly became my battle cry. And I've been using this and I tell people this all the time. And it was, this is not how my story ends. And so there were days that I would be, you know, bawling, mascara running, snot in your mouth type things happening on the bathroom floor. And I would just be screaming like, this cannot be how my story ends. And that truly Mm. became my battle cry. And, you know, that came from the night that my son passed away. Um, I was sitting in the waiting room in the emergency room. And I just remember thinking like, this cannot be how our story ends. Like we we waited so long and we tried so hard and we went through all of these things. Like this can't be how it ends. And at the time, you know, when we, you know, when everything was said and done that night, I did have a moment where I thought, you know, like, that's it. Like, this is it. Like the, what, what's after this. And, um, it was very hard, but that, mantra really became my battle cry. And so I would offer that to anyone who, who needs that. If you're listening to this right now and you need that, you take it and you, you let it become your battle cry that this is not how your story has to end. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And once that fog starts to lift, like, let's do this. Mm. 
that just like brought tears to my eyes. I totally can't even imagine what you were going through in that moment. I mean, it, it's, it's everyone's worst nightmare, you know, to, to be yeah. in that position and to be able to think to yourself that this is not how it ends takes incredible strength. And, um, yeah. And to be able to now share that with, I'm, I know so many women who have been in similar positions and making the decision that this, this doesn't have to be it. And, I also love what you shared about about gratitude because it's something so simple, you know, that has such a massive impact. And I'm a huge believer in gratitude as well. And I also jumped on the gratitude bandwagon years ago, and it's it's been a part of my practice every day. Yeah. And, you know, two things about gratitude that I always remember is like – when you're looking for gratitude every day, because I was like you, right? It's hard to find things. So then I would actively seek it because I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, I got to, I got to write something down today. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> well, let me, let me find something. And I found myself actively looking for it. So whether it was like getting a cup of coffee and having an exchange with that like barista for the day and just being able to smile or, you know, getting a hug from a friend or, you know, these little things that would normally pass you by all the time, you're actually seeking gratitude in. So it's such a different experience uh, when you're looking for it. And the other thing that I love about a gratitude practice is especially, and I would, I'm not sure this would apply so much to grief because in grief, it's such a hard season as it is, but in general, like when we are in a state of business growth or personal growth, if we're not appreciating what we already have and having gratitude for the now, we are definitely not going to appreciate when it comes our way, right? So it is so important that we pay attention and we like slow down a minute to recognize it. So those two things of affirmations and gratitude are are huge and not just for grief, but for really every day. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, just to piggyback off of that too, I do think that it applies to grief only because if you if you think of grief if you if you're talking about seasons and you think of grief like winter time um i i know that you live in la but i live in upstate new york and i live in farming <laughs> country right so i live in wine country it's and cold. i live in farming country it is cold a lot of the time um we're super hot right now but i don't know what that's all about but winter here is brutal it's brutal but if you talk to any winemaker or any farmer they will tell you that winter is so necessary like you can't get anything if you don't go through winter right you can't Mm. get it so you have to allow your crops, whatever that is. So, you know, your corn, your grapes for wine, whatever that looks like, you have to allow them the time to, to rest 
and to dig deep, right? So they're digging deep. They're they're dropping these roots and they need winter to be able to do that. So if you were to eliminate winter, you would not have spring, which means you wouldn't have summer, which means you would not have mm. a crop to harvest in the fall. And so winter definitely gets a bad rep. And I think the same could be said about, you know, grief and hard seasons. Nobody wants to go through them. And if you're in them, you're trying to find the fastest way possible out of them. But if you can just view it as like winter, so you know that spring is coming, no matter how long and how hard winter is, how brutal it is. Spring will come, right? The The warmer weather is going to come. The sun is going to shine again. It's coming. But you need that season to plant your roots. And you need that season yes. to get grounded so that you can withstand, you know, the pruning of springtime, the drought of summertime so that you can produce fruit in the fall. And so when I kind of like started looking at it that way, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is grief is hard and hard seasons are very heavy, but they are absolutely necessary for us to grow. There is no growth Mm. if you don't go through a hard season. So whatever that trauma is for you. And like I said, in the beginning, trauma can be different for everyone. The grief can be different for everyone, but the process is still the same. And the process are those seasons. So everybody has to go through them. We all go through them, you know, at different levels and at different times, but we're all going through them. And that's how you grow. Oh my gosh. I love, I'm like a sucker for metaphors. So that was amazing. Love. And it's so funny you say that. I just got back from being in Texas visiting my family and I was having a conversation with my mom. And as an adult, I am just now recognizing some trauma from growing up and some things I went through that didn't quite register at the time. And so slowly but surely, I'm like opening up and talking about it. And my mom was like, gosh, you just, I never would have known you have such this like resilient spirit. And I was like, yes, because I always believe that there is something good to come. And I've never put it in the way that you did in terms of winter and spring, but I love that. I'm going to steal it. Okay. I'll give you credit. I love it. Yeah. You take Um, it. (laughs) But it's, but it's so true is that we always know that it's like, that's how I can have, that's how I've been able to hold on is that I always know that no matter how long this is, I don't have control over the length, right? But I do have control over my thoughts and what I do in this moment. And that I believe wholeheartedly in the good and that there will be good that comes. And I needed this lesson, right? I needed to to have it for whatever reason. And that's a really difficult thing sometimes to say because horrible things happen and those aren't necessarily lessons or things like that. But it's through that those traumas and through those experiences that we truly have, which we're going to get to this grit, right? And so that, you know, this sets me up perfectly for what I wanted to ask you, because I love that your podcast is grit and gratitude. And so I want to know, why did you choose grit? And I think I told you this in our pre-call too, before 
the beam life was existed, I wanted to call it grit with grace. So I love that you have grit and gratitude and tell me more like where for you, did you feel like, okay, grit has to be this other word here? Yeah. So when I started this journey way back in, oh my gosh, 2017, I think, um, the community that I built, um, was known as the Slady's Den. And so that really, it was spelled like S-L-A-Y because again, that time frame, like bell bottoms and low rise jeans, everybody was talking about slay. There was slay on everything, right? Everything that you saw said something about slay and all these things. And so um, (laughs) we really just kind of took that and ran with it. And so we created this community called the Slady's Den and it was great. Um, in the season that it was in. But as I, you know, came into this heavy season of grief and then started working my way out of it, it was really hard. It was starting to get really hard for me to show up online. And when through some like meditations and just some journaling, I realized that it was because I no longer aligned with what I was calling what I was doing. So the Slady's Den no longer aligned with where I was in life. Um, Because to be honest, I was not slaying anything. I was barely surviving. And so it was Mm -hmm. really hard for me to show up in that space. And so my podcast was originally (laughs) Slay Out Loud. And that was the name of my podcast until... December of 2021. So that was the name of it for two and a half years. It was Slay Out Great Loud. Great name, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, and it worked and it was really, really good. Um, and then I started, um, you know, really like, okay, this doesn't align with me. And at the time, the online community that I had built had over 1,500 women in it. And so I went back to them. And I just said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you because that's the only thing that I know how to do. And this isn't working for me anymore. So is, is anyone else feeling that? Because I'm struggling to make content and to show up in this space because of a name. And so I want to know, like, if I go down this journey of trying to find what now resonates, you know, is anyone else feeling this? And the feedback was insane. People were like, yeah, like I'm, I'm past that. Like it it doesn't align anymore, but like, we didn't want to hurt your feelings or like, you know, we have this good thing going and like, so why change it? Because it's good. And that's how people know you. And I was like, I don't care like this. It, it, it just, it's, it doesn't feel right anymore. And as I started to, you know, level up, I thought, okay, I've never really taken this as like serious as like a business. And I knew that I wanted to do that moving forward because I, you know, am in a relationship where I don't have to go back to work. And so I knew that like, this was going to be my time to launch all of this stuff that I had been trying so hard to do on the side, I knew that this was going to be like my go time. And so I made a hefty investment into, you know, some, some business and life coaching. And 
one of the first calls, you know, I just, I told my coach, I just said, you know, gratitude has changed my life. It saved me. So I knew that that had to be part of it. Like I knew I wanted to bring that to the forefront because it's something that I've been talking about behind the scenes for years, but I wanted to bring that to the forefront. And as I was kind of like playing around with what that could be, um, you know, grit just really kept popping up. And it was Mm. for me, you know, how I would define grit would be, you know, like the courage and the determination despite difficulty, you know, or the persistence despite setbacks and passion and perseverance. And I was like, holy shit, like that, this is me. Like I'm grit, like I'm gritty. I am gritty AF right now. Right. And so I was like, yeah, no, that's it. And when I, you know, I knew that I wanted to level up and to bring my listeners on that journey. And it's the grit. You know, you need that grittiness to be able to move forward. And so I just kind of married the two and it worked. Um, So that's really where the grit came from is, you know, I just was like, okay, how do I, how do I wrap this up in a bow and make it so that you know, without a doubt, when you tune in to grit and gratitude, you know what you're going to get. Like, you know, you're getting some, some actionable, you know, action steps and you are getting, you know, gratitude and motion and you're doing all these things. And I just wanted to really get super clear on where I stand and where I'm going and grit and gratitude was born. Ah. I love that you listen to yourself despite already kind of having a thing because I think that's such an important takeaway from that story because so much of the time we I, – I, and I'm blown away by this with entrepreneurship too, right? Like me especially became an entrepreneur because I can't stand the fact of thinking of working for somebody else. Like that's really yes. hard for me, right? <laughs> but then we get into these things where – we start pigeonholing ourselves as entrepreneurs based on what other people are, what we think asking of us or what's cool and trending right now in the space. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. Is that even what I want? Is this even working for me? Is this even aligned with me? Like, I know it might be working for everyone else, but like, it doesn't feel good when I try it on. And so I love that you said that. It's so important to to understand when we're not aligned. And the only way to be able to do that is to like not only surround yourself with other people who are um, like turned on from being aligned with themselves, like if that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. It's like like I I need people like that around me who believe in – aligning themselves with the greater good for what's good for them and their families and their lives and then encouraging that spirit in others. So, so cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's a process. It's definitely not something, you know, that I could just do overnight. I, you know, from an entrepreneur space, um, like perspective, I used to be obsessed with numbers, 
right? It was all about like how many followers you had on whatever platform and how many people you had in whatever group capacity you were working in and how many subscribers you had on you enter YouTube, email, whatever. And I was obsessed with numbers. And I recently just like scrapped all of that, right? So when I pivoted and I changed the name of like what I was doing, I originally just like changed the name of the Facebook group that I had. And for months I was going back and forth, like, what do I do with this group? And then one day I was like, you know what? F it. And I just archived it. Like it's gone, you know? And so many, so many gurus in this space would tell you like, what are you doing? You had 2000 women in that group. So what? Half of them didn't even know they were still in the group. Like, and those aren't my people because as I started getting crystal clear on what I wanted to do and how I wanted to show up, you know, I knew that 95% of those people were in that group from like six years ago. And that group is not what it was six years ago. And so Mm -hmm. I just archived it. Like it's done. (laughs) So, you know, and I mean, you know, and people were just like, I don't know why you would do that. That's not a good idea. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like it didn't feel aligned to me. And so, you know, now I have a smaller group, I guess, you know, number wise, but the quality of that group is tenfold what the group that had 2000 women in was. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, trust your it. gut because she knows what's up. <laughs> Always. And I love that you said numbers too, because even if you're not an entrepreneur and and I've gotten down that rabbit hole too of downloads and followers and email list subscribers and blah, blah, blah. And like, if I'm not here, it means I'm not successful and all these things. And going, tying this all back to gratitude, I was like, wait a second, why am I always chasing people to get them to follow me? Why don't I just talk to the people who are right here, right here in front of me right now? And that's my people. And so same thing, even if you're not an entrepreneur, let's, you know, insert whatever, weight loss, right? Or any kind of financial gain. We're always looking for this next level, this next level, this next level. And it's like, wait a second, let's pump the brakes. First of all, even see why we want that number. Like what is the significance of having X amount of dollars in your bank account or X number on the scale? Why, Why does that like mean who you are as a person? But also take it even further, it's like, is it ever good enough? And are you having gratitude for the moment that you're in and the season that you're in right now? And so I love how this conversation has really gone a full, full 360 circle. Yeah. You know, and brought us back here. I think it's so good. Yeah. You know, and, and to that point as well, you know, so many times we are chasing what we think we're supposed to be. And then at some point you come to the realization that like, what the hell am I doing? I don't even want this dream. Like this dream that I'm chasing is not even mine. Like it's some girl that I saw on Instagram who seems to be crushing it. And so like I started chasing 
her dream. Like this isn't even my dream. And mm-hmm. I've found myself in that space one too many times. And I was like, no girl, like we cannot do this anymore. Like how many years have you wasted chasing someone else's dream? Like, and you get to yes. the end and you're like, well, I don't even want this. Like, what is this? Take it back. Like, and you're, it's like time, time wasted and energy wasted. And so then I think gratitude helps keep you grounded, right? Because it, you are such, um, you're so focused on the present that you're not really worried about what everybody else has going on. And because yeah. like, you're too focused on the abundance that is already yours. And so, and like you said earlier, when you look for gratitude, you'll find it in more places. And, you know, I saw this same thing with like, um, I'm really diving deep right now into like money mindset and money affirmations. And I, um, came across like this app and I can't remember, it goes with some book, but basically she is saying like, you know, record all of the income that you get for the month. And so in my head to me, that meant dollar amount. Right. But she's like, no, it doesn't. Like if someone buys you a cup of coffee, then you really just gained a a $7 cup of coffee. So that's $7. If someone treats you to dinner and you had a $200 dinner, like that's $200. And if you find $5 on the street, like that's still $5. And I was like, wait a minute. Like all this time I was thinking that I was like broke, right? But then when I started keeping track of all of these other ways that abundance comes into my life. I was like, wait a minute, like I really got it going on right now. And I just didn't even know. Right. So like you can't appreciate it if you don't know that it's there. And so how you know it's there is when you write it down, because once you Mm -hmm. start writing it down and then you start noticing like, holy crap, 22 people bought me coffee this month, like just quote unquote randomly. Right. Or all of a sudden, like all of these things are happening. You start getting, you know, like a, a, a refund check from, I don't know, because you sent in box tops 12 years ago and they forgot to send you the check. And like all this random money, like starts showing up in different ways. And it's crazy to like sit back and watch it, especially when you like are becoming intentional about it. So that's what happened with Always. me with gratitude. When I started getting really intentional with like, f- I have to find something by tonight to be grateful for, all of a sudden, right? All of these things started happening. And the same thing happens, you know, if you are, you have a dream car, right? And so you, you call that dream car up for me for the longest time in like seventh grade, I wanted a Dodge Durango. Why? I have no idea, but I wanted this black Dodge Durango with like leather seats and chrome. Like why? I don't know. But let me tell you, I saw black Durango's for years 
everywhere. <laughs> like to the point where I was like, I don't want that car. Like everyone has it, but it happens all the time. When you start looking for houses or you are, you know, car shopping, all of a sudden you see that car, you see that color, you see it, you know, you see these things over and over and over again. And it's because you're being intentional about what it is that you want. And so gratitude works the same way. And the abundance yeah. mindset in general works the same way. When you get intentional about it, you take that intentional action, then um, you'll start to see it like, you know, exponentially. Our brain like is so fascinating in that way. I love it. And I could like literally have this conversation for another three hours. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> um, tell listeners um as we start to wrap up here because i know like everyone's like oh give me more i'm so fired up <laughs> where where can they connect with you and get more of this like high vibe uh goodness and support yeah so you can find me on ig at jerica hetty and it's just my full name um and my website is jericahetty.com but i love to live on IG stories. That's kind of where I spend the majority of my time. Um, so yeah, come say hi, tag me um, in a screenshot of this episode and let me know that you listened to it and let's connect. Absolutely. Girl, thank you so much. And I'm going to put all that in the show notes too. And I loved this conversation so much. It was such a, um, this is something I'm grateful for today. Let's just put it there. I love yes. it. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for filling my cup and being a guest on the show today. It was amazing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You are the best, Bean Babe. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another Bean Babe or post it on social and tag me at The Beam Life so I can tell you thank you for helping me share the mission. You can also send me a text, yes, a real text, to 323-673-2709 where we can connect outside of the podcast. You can either chat with me one-on-one -on -one or just receive the weekly text I send to beam you up throughout your week. Anyways, it's been fun as always and I'm honored to be a part of your journey. Until next time, keep beaming, babe.